Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. You're listening to a message from the Poi Mano, bringing you the very best from the vast teaching archive of healing evangelist, best-selling author, and mega church pastor Dag Heward Mills. Welcome to this Wednesday's message. The scriptures are littered with accounts of faithful and treacherous people. The spirit of loyalty is essential for us to do well in our Christian walk, and it's not just simply an attitude or action. In today's message, Dag Heward Mills teaches us on this all-important spirit and why you must strive to remain a loyal servant of God. So be sure to grab your Bibles and note-taking tools and get ready to be blessed. Let us pray. Father, thank you for another morning. We ask you to direct us, influence us by your spirit, and let your will be done in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated, please. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. That's 29. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 29. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 29. And uh, we want to read it. It says, let the prophets speak two or three and let the other judge. Amen. Let the prophets speak two or three. Now, how many know that there are real prophets in the world today? Okay. Now, when a prophet speaks, your duty is to judge it as it were and see whether what he's saying is true. Amen. Now, in terms of prophets, you find a good example is John the Revelator. God gave him a supernatural vision, and he had visions and dreams, and uh, he wrote down the book of Revelations. God gave him a message for seven churches, Pegamos, Laodicea, Ephesus, um, Sardis. Uh, the seven of them, they, they're all around the same area, in a circle, just by the coast. Ephesus was on the coast, and uh, so on. They were all around the same area. And uh, John himself was living in one of those cities. And then later he was exiled to an island which is just off the coast, near those cities. Now, God gave him visions and dreams, and he had messages for those seven churches which were there. Some people believe that those messages refer to the church, you know, in the future as well. It could be any of those. Now, in today's world, we also have prophets who speak and teach things which can contribute to our knowledge and can throw more light on things which are accepted as truths. Are you listening to me? Now, for instance, a good example is Kenneth Hagin. Kenneth Hagin is a a, a prophet. Now, because he's a prophet, prophets see visions have dreams now some people there are levels of revelation levels of dreams and levels of vision you can have a vision where you are sitting on a chair and suddenly your eyes are open you see the angels standing here because there are angels here there are angels all around we are standing in his presence on holy ground there are angels everywhere now these angels you cannot see because your eyes have not been open spiritually as it were but when your eyes are open you will see these things but prophet that's their ministry and so they see things And sometimes they see so much so that it becomes a teaching. Are you understanding what I'm saying? But it must be based on the word of God. Are you listening to me? So Kenneth Hagin, for instance, is a good example 
of someone who has had this type of uh, teaching because the Lord appeared to him and showed him he said I'm going to show you how the devil attacks Christians today and he showed him how people were possessed with the devil and taught him many things if you ever have a chance to buy a book by Kenneth Hagin especially the book called I believe in visions he has got all the eight or nine visions that the Lord Jesus in which the Lord Jesus appeared to him and taught him about so many things about the ministry and so on it's very revealing and it, it, it's the same word that we have, but it sort of throws more light on it and you begin to see something else. Now, I have a book here by another prophet who is also speaking and as it were throwing more light, are you listening to me, on a subject which we already know about. And that subject is loyalty. Amen. And so I am sharing with you from that background. Now in this dream or vision that he had, which he said continued for about a year, and from which he wrote the book he has and I would suggest to you if you ever have a chance to buy that book do get a copy it's called the final quest by Rick Joyner most of you are not interested anyway others you'd have written it down but if you are it's called the final quest amen now in this revelation you will find that um, he speaks and shares about how he saw a large army of demons coming to attack the church I believe I've shared some of these things with you but it doesn't matter I will share it a hundred more times if necessary. And in the demon, in the, the dream or the vision, he saw the weapons that were carried by this large mass of demons that were coming. And the demons, the first weapon was the sword called intimidation. Now, for instance, being a pastor like myself, intimidation means, you know, where people are trying to frighten you or scare you. Sometimes maybe you'll be playing a game, you know, and you see others and maybe the others are good at it. And when you see them, you are intimidated. You cannot play properly because you've met people who seem to know it all. How many understand what I'm trying to say? You get what I'm saying? So many times we don't even go forward in the ministry because it's like, hey, you know, there are others who seem to be wild already. So if we go and try, we will look foolish. So intimidation. Sometimes we are intimidated by the government. One time I was at a meeting and then I, I was speaking and then somebody just said something. And I, at a, at, as he was speaking, I realized that he was trying to intimidate me. All right. So that is one of the things that the devil does to intimidate us, to stop us, to frighten us, to, to let us, you know, be whatever. One government official called me and he was telling me certain things. I asked him, who do you work for? I said, who do you work for? I said, I want to know who you work. Unless you tell me who you work for, I don't want you to call me. I don't want to have anything to do with you. Who is? He said, I work for the government. I said, what is the government? What do you mean by the government? The government involves so many things. What is government? What do you mean by you work for the government? Are you a spy? As I'm talking to you now, are you recording what I'm saying? I don't know what you, I don't know who you are. Don't call me, don't come to me, don't have, engage in backdoor discussions with me to intimidate me or to do whatever. I've had enough of all these things. So these people exist and they are just an evil spirit trying to stop you in your tracks so that you withdraw and back off. But we are not backing off, we are going forward. Amen. Then the next one is the spears. And then the spear was called treachery. Treachery is an old word, or a good word, for disloyalty. Amen. Disloyalty. Is that not so? Yeah. Treachery is where it's like somebody is close to you. Somebody is... Treachery is something where somebody is loyal. It's like he's loyal to you. And then he cannot... He turns around against you. And surprising, surprises you by turning against you. Now, this is what we have a lot of in the church. Now, where you have people who you thought were members of your church and are no longer members, that is treachery. Amen. 
They sit with you, they hear you talking, they hear you discussing, then before you realize, they turn around against you. Now, this is an attack of the devil against the church. Amen. Now, the next one were the arrows. There were four arrows. So, have you written down, the sword was what? Intimidation. Write down the, the name of the sword. Intimidation. Intimidation. And then the spears. And then the arrows. Four arrows. Accusation. Gossip slander and fault finding these are the arrows you see now you notice that you don't have witchcraft here that's the end of the enemies i mean the, the weapon there's no occult power there's no agbala there's no juju marine spirits there are no marine spirits here there's no mummy water which is attacking anybody these are the things these are the things which are actually spoiling the church and that is why i am preaching about it now when you go on it says the most shocking part of this vision was that this horde was not riding on horses the demons were not riding on horses they were riding on christians most of them were well dressed respectable and had the appearance of being refined and educated but it seemed there were people from all walks of life and the primary strategy of the devil was to cause division on every possible level of relationship churches with each other congregations with their pastors husbands and wives children and parents and even children with each other amen and then he goes he said that as i looked to the back of the army i saw the entourage of the accuser himself and i began to understand his strategy and i was amazed that it was so simple he knew that a house divided cannot stand and this army represented an attempt to bring such division to the church that she would completely fall from grace above the prisoners the devil had a lot of prisoners was a black sky filled with vultures named depression and that these demons would these vultures would land on the shoulders of a prisoner and vomit on him and the vomit was condemnation you see when you condemn people you are not you are not uh, what do you call it doing the work of god because we are already condemned <laughs> In a certain sense. Nobody needs to be told that he's a sinner. Nobody needs to be told that he's, he's, he's wrong. Nobody needs to be told that he has got weaknesses or faults. We all have it and we all know it. How many know that you already? I mean some way. How many know that? How many know that? Very good. So, so when you have a demon coming to condemn you. You get what I'm saying? You are just getting deeper and deeper into depression and as i watched these prisoners thought that the vomit of condemnation was actually truth from god and the prisoners thought they were actually marching in the army of the lord amen then those who were hit by arrows of slander immediately began to slander those who were not wounded and those who were hit with gossip immediately began to gossip and soon a major division had been created within the camp when a christian was hit by one of the arrows of accusation and slander when maybe a pastor a minister 
or a church member hit with an arrow of accusation or slander, a demon of bitterness or rage would fly in and perch on the arrow. And then he would begin to urinate and defecate his poison on that Christian. And then, at the end of the thing there, it says, when they were fighting and they got to a place, when we reached a level called the unity of the brethren, none of the enemy's arrows could reach us anymore. <laughs> it said, when we reached a certain place called unity of the brethren, the arrows could not reach us anymore. So you realize that, you see, the devil's strategy is not anything big. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the marine spirits of the devil. Read it again. Put on the whole armor of God, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11, so that you may be able to stand against the mummy water of the devil. Read it again. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the what? The wiles or the tricks, the schemes. Is that what your Bible says? Schemes of the devil. Deception. Is that what your Bible says? Deception. Deception. Wiles. Tricks of the devil. Ladies and gentlemen, I am here to expose the tricks of the devil in your life. I'm here to expose the tricks of the devil in the life of the church. I was talking to Bishop Duncan Williams and I was, I was reminding him we were discussing something and he was, I was telling him when he came to launch the book here on loyalty a couple of years ago, he said something, he made a statement. He said, if I'm to speak about loyalty, I will become emotional. And so he didn't want to speak about it. He said, if it were not for disloyalty, he would have over 50,000 members in Accra today in his church. But he does not. And that's a fact. Many years ago, I remember when he first started branches in his church. He was the first person to start branches when we were students. He had a branch in Dansoman. He had a branch in Teshinuwa, a branch in Medina, a branch in Tema. And after some time, hey, hey, one, two, one, two, whatever happened, he just gave up those churches and just let, let everybody go away with that. If those churches had been there up to today, churches that were planted over 10, 20 years ago, you can imagine the size and the growth and the number of people, how many blessings would be flowing through that church today. But you see, the devil knows that he can cut away our strength by dividing us into pieces. He just has, a, let's separate you a bit. Let me take you away. And then all that he does is to give us things that look as though they are, they are justified. You see, accusations look justified. Gossip looks justifiable. When you are gossiping, it looks like you have a good reason to talk. In fact, nothing is sweeter than gossip when it comes to chatting. How many would agree with me? When there's a story, man, I've got inside information. 
I know. There are people who always have inside info about everything. They can tell you what is happening before it happens. Amen. And so, we divide ourselves. We hurt ourselves. As we throw arrows of gossip, slander, backbiting, accusation at one another. For whatever good reason we seem to have. And the church keeps being cut into little pieces like that. Little pieces like that. The spirit of the pretender. Our country is, has a lot of pretenders. There is nobody who will go and do a political rally who will not get people to come. Name your party, even if you call the party DDT. Go and have a, a rally. A lot of people will come. And they will say, hey, it's you know we want. We are tired of these people. They will tell you, these people are like this. These people are like that. These people are like that. These people are... It is you we've been waiting for. Without you, we can't make it. Is that not true? Hey, are you here or you've gone home? And they will tell you all sorts of things. But it is the spirit of pretense. And when the voting time comes, you will see how they vote. Completely different. I've, I actually pity politicians as I watch them wasting their money. No wonder they are so desperate to come into power to try and regain back some of the money they have lost all the years of trying to come to power. So that they can also sign a contract for $16 million and inflate it to $20 million and share the $4 million. So that they can also sign contracts for roads and sign contracts for buildings and sign contracts and take off a huge percentage and share it into unnumbered accounts and build houses elsewhere in other names and in other nations and then say that the pastor should pay tax and the church should pay tax. Amen. Amen. But ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand something that pretense must go away from the church. That is why when people come to me and say, Bishop, you know, you know, man, you are the man of God for the moment. I just say, to my, I just say in, my, in my head, nonsense. I don't say it out loud. I just say it myself, foolishness. When people come and give me certain kind of praises, I just cast it off my mind. It's like water off a duck's back. Do you know water off a duck's back? Ducks don't get wet. Ducks, they don't get wet. Docker, docker, I mean, they don't get wet. They can go into water, but they don't get wet. Because the water just goes off them. They have very oily feathers or whatever, and they, uh, the water just goes off. You can see them swimming in the coldest of water. You wonder whether they are not freezing. Man. And the spirit of pretense must go away. The spirit of pretense in the church is that arrow arrow of treachery treachery it is a spear it was only one spear treachery disloyalty i'm surprised to read it in that book but when i saw it i just put out the book for some time i said man i said i, had to, I needed to think for three days i said wow 
this is a revelation somebody has had. Bible said, let the prophet speak and judge. When I read what this prophet was saying, I said, let me think about it. What is more real than that? As people orangulize you and they are treacherous. Look at Jesus with Judas. Do you know that nobody knew that Judas was going to betray Christ? He was so much a part of the fellowship. So every time Jesus would say things like, one of you who is going to betray me. I mean, the people thought that he was, there were many things Jesus said they didn't take. They didn't really, I mean, they didn't, they didn't accept it. It just didn't register. I'm going to die on the cross after three days. They didn't believe all those things. They had their minds. So when Jesus said, one of you is a devil. He said it way back, I think in John chapter 6. One of you is a devil. Have I not chosen one of you is a devil? Up until Thursday, 7 o'clock, they were eating. And up until that time, Jesus said it again that I am eating with you. And yet one of you is some way. And at that point, Peter got bored. He said, look, Charlie, wait till the guy they talk. Are we all the trap where he talks, say one of us will be Satan. I mean, how? You know, fine. If there is a Satan, say it. But they were afraid to ask Christ. So they knew that there was someone, even though they were taught, there was someone who was sort of close to Jesus. And so they, they spoke to John. They called him outside to come and see something outside. And they called him and said, look, Charlie, make you ask the master, say, it be who be the Judas? Who be the Satan? Why? Because the spirit of pretense allows you to flow as though you are part. Nobody suspects. The words you say is like you are so much with us. You are so loyal to us. You are so much a part of us. And yet your heart is far away from us. You pretend to be with us. You say, yes, sir. Yes, pastor. Yes, bishop. Yes. But your heart is somewhere else. And so when you turn around and you meet with the Pharisees, you negotiate with them to sell us. And you come back smiling. So Jesus said, you watch me. I've got to do something. He said, Judas, him up, Lord. He said, let me feed you. Let me feed you. You see how sometimes you feed your little child? Come. Judas, Judas. Oh, this is what I do. He said, oh, let me feed you. Jesus had done so many queer things, washing their feet. So it's one of those things Jesus is doing. Uh, he was eating. And when John saw it, he said, Hey, it's not possible. Because Jesus said, The one that I give the bread to, he is the one. So they were watching to see who? Is it going to be Bartholomew? Is it going to be Peter? Thomas? James? John? Who? He just said, The one I give bread to. They had to what? Because as a test, they still they could not they could not see. The pretense. The pretense. The pretense is too much. We are creating a hypocritical society in our in our country. We have it. The pretense is too much. And we need to stand up and say, this is what, that's why I said, you say that there's neutral, somebody else, oh, say nice things about the government. I have nothing nice to say about anybody who breaks the wall. I am opposed to people who break walls of churches. I, have, I, I can't pretend at all. 
I can't pretend for one moment. If you ask me what I belong, I say at least one thing I'm sure of is that I am totally opposed to people who come and attack churches, break down our wall, break down our church, break down our, our, our whatever. That one for sure, I can tell you where I stand. Our pretense is too much, and it is in the church. That's why you see people say, Hey, Bishop Charlie, we are really with you. You don't even know what it means. You will not know until Thursday, 9:30 in the evening. You can never know. You work at a place, you work, you have a boss, your boss steps out, the things that are said behind your boss's back, till he comes back or she comes back. When they when they come, oh madam, you are welcome. <laughs> and when you went there, Mr. So and so called. He said that I said that he said his greetings. So, okay, thank you. But when you step out, when people bring you contracts, they will tell you, you see, this guy, if he does the work for you, he'll charge you five hundred thousand. I can do it for you one fifty thousand. It will be cheaper for you. Hey! 150,000. The man charges too much. All this is that I'm the one who does it. Hey! Just bring it to my house in the evening, 9 o'clock. I'll do everything for you. And the people come one after the other. And you pass away all the contracts to that person. When your boss comes, oh, Master, today nobody came. Today we haven't had any customers at all. Anyway, by God's grace, to be well. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus, name it and claim. That book, name it and claim. That is the key to the success of the business. You are a liar, pretender, Judas. That is you. And nobody knows. No, I, and I said by word of knowledge, nobody may ever know. One day a pastor, I was with a pastor. And um, I was uh, with uh, a, a group of ministers in Accra. We were meeting in Bishop Duncan Williams' office about seven years ago, eight years ago. And when we finished the meeting, we went somewhere else. And then I was with this other pastor. And then suddenly he said something so nasty I, I can't even say it about bishop Duncan williams and i said to him ah what are you saying i said how can you say something like that after we've all been in a meeting it was a cordial meeting nothing bad was said and look at the ugly statement that you are making i said to him it's wrong he was taken i was his junior who was my he was taken aback from that day i lost a friend up till today I, it is better to lose such a friend. I prefer not to have such people as my friend. Another time I was with a, a minister and he said something terrible about somebody that I was working with. Very nasty, you know. There are some people whose mouths are anointed to speak very terrible things. So I said, when he said it even, I didn't catch what he was saying. Then afterwards when I thought about it, I said, hey. I've not heard anybody who has been choked more than this before. So I told the guy whom he said it about, because I said, I'm working with him. I teach in my church loyalty. Loyalty does not withhold information. So I, I, told, I said, I told him. Later on, he heard about it and he came and he thought it was so bad that he had to go and apologize. And, excuse me, the guy was jossing me. And I said, you are jossing me. I said, if you say another one, I will go and say it. <laughs> if you like, open your mouth and talk. If you are a man, open your mouth. I will say that one too. Yeah. And I, don't, I lose a friend. But at least I keep a small circle of loyal people. It's better yes. than to have a whole lot of people. You don't know which, who is going to draw a spear and kill you and stab you behind your back. The next moment you, you turn around. Wow. Somebody came up to me and said, Hey, look at you are blessed in your church. Oh, you have such good pastors. Very loyal people all around you. 
Look, you have people like Eddie, people like It, and they were mentioning the names of the pastors in the church. And he said, look at all the nice people you have. And me, I have only all these devils all around me. He was talking about his assistant pastors, that they are, all, they are devils. If you call your associate devils, then what are you? You are Lucifer. You are, you are the father of devils. Chief executive of devils. Because if you don't have a, a loyal spirit, nobody around... You see, loyalty, you see, there's something about treachery. It, it involves you before you realize that you are involved. <laughs> I'll say it again. I say it involves you before you realize that you are involved. I'll say it again. I say it involves you before you realize that you are involved. That is why you must be so somewhere that people are afraid to speak things about the one they know you are loyal to whilst you are there it shouldn't eat. if it comes up like they know that you were say so this this girl she's some way if i open my mouth and i speak she's going to say let us kill the spirit of judas in the church treachery lies pretending how can you pretend that guy was perfect too up to thursday seven o'clock peter jane john nobody suspected so even when he was going to, he said, Lord, I have to go and organize the ATM machine. I was not able to withdraw any money from the bank. So I want to go to ATM machine and draw some money. Jesus said, yeah, quickly, go and, go and get it quickly. It's getting late. So he went out. Jesus knew he was going to call the people to come and arrest him. Still, what is spoiling the church? It is disloyalty. Amen. Amen. And that is why I'm saying this to you so that you have that spirit that this is what i believe in period Amen. if you don't like me stay where you are but this is what i believe in be able to stand up for what you believe that's right don't be a pretender in every area of life if you are working at a place and all the people that are orangus you must be able to stand and say that what you are saying i do not accept it. i do not believe it. i think it's wrong and i will say it to the boss They can call you. I like people who say you can mention my name. I said it. One day a brother told me, he said that, look, this is what this person said about you. you this is. He said he's my very good friend. But he said to me, he said that you can tell him that I said it. And he said, oh, I know that all, all, all that will happen is that I'll lose a friend, but you can tell him that I said it. And I respect the man for that. He said, you can tell him that I said it. I know that I'm going to lose a friend. But gradually, we are driving away the, that spirit from the church. Look at the people, the churches are, look at Lighthouse. If you are a business person, study the church very carefully. If you are into whatever business, you can have branches all over. We have branches in 20 different countries. Tell me which organization has been able to grow into all these places and be stable. We, we don't run from crisis to crisis. No. I don't want to boast about it, but by the grace of God, he has blessed us with stability. And that is why we are, our eyes are open. If somebody wants to do what I say, hey, brother, we don't have that here. We don't have that here. We have a loyal spirit. Blessed is he that will lend the spirit of faithfulness. And you know what? Faithfulness comes in crisis. Faithfulness comes when there's testing. You'll be tested for what you believe. You'll be tested. Don't think that it's just because somebody is perfect, that's why you'll be faithful to him. No, you, you, can, you can be faithful throughout up to the very end that is faithfulness that is loyalty and so i want to tell you here today that if you think the next time you open your mouth to gossip to slander to chat or whatever it is remember that a demon 
has come to ride on you to continue to despoil the church. Look at your business. You know why it cannot grow? Because you, you don't have a loyal spirit. You will not get me talking about my pastors in a negative way. My own junior pastors, I don't talk about them in a negative way. If I have something constructed that I'm discussing, I'll discuss it. But you don't get me saying, this guy is a beast, this guy is that, he's some way, that guy is a demon. No, you don't get it. Because I'm also loyal, as I expect them to be loyal to me, I'm also loyal to them. That's right. Yeah. I, I believe in my pastors. Everyone, and I will die for them and they know it. I believe in them. If in any problem or whatever they get, I'll stand with them. I will stand and take photograph with them. If that is what it means. Oh yeah. That is how, that is where the loyalty is. And that is also the loyalty that I expect. Amen. And you see Peter, Jesus was committed to them and he died. Peter and all the others, they saw it and they were committed to the end. And they also died for what they believed in. That's right. If you want your associates to be loyal, if your people hear you saying bad things about your pastor, about this person, about that person, they realize that it's a culture of speaking again. So as soon as you turn your back, they start. And you, you wonder why your business does not grow. Why you cannot have more shops. Why you cannot have more businesses. Sometimes I look at us in our small, small kiosks, small, small businesses. So it can't grow. And sometimes the only way it can grow is if you have branches. Why can it not grow? Because the spirit of loyalty is not there. But I see growth coming into your business. Amen. You got to have people that when you turn your back, you can rest. Today, nobody can rest with his business. You don't know what will happen behind your back. One day I told my, my father was running a hotel. I told him, look, daddy, all you, let's just put my friend in charge of the hotel. And he agreed. My friend didn't have a... a, a Education in being a bank manager. Nothing. Only that he would not tell a lie and he would not steal the money. The day that he came in, the hotel was earning about 10,000 CDs in those days. And when he came in, the next night, from the next day, the end 150,000. Only loyalty. No knowledge. Take it that he was a fool. Only loyalty and honesty. He started, it jumped from 10,000 to 150,000 every night. Continuously. Nothing. No expertise. Only loyalty. I advise many people get only one loyal person. Man, you are gone. You can walk out of your shop and breathe. But you don't have a loyal person. Say you are selling this and that. Step out of your shop and see. When you go, they will sell the things that are there and buy and replace and take the profit. You don't understand what I said. I said, let's say they are selling paint, they will sell all. And then the amount you're supposed to have is, let's say, 200000 Then they will go and buy at the wholesale price 150000 put the paint back in the shop, nicely arranged, and take the balance of 50000 And when, they, when you come, they'll say, oh, in fact, the government has poured the economy. Nobody is buying paint these days. External factors. Sisters are more susceptible to the spirit of gossip. Is it true? Because women have two daily needs. One like men to eat and the other is to talk. 
they need to talk they have a need to have somebody to talk to that is why if you are a woman your only friend should I don't want to make this as a generalization but sometimes you have other female other women friends who are good Christians because you may find that your husband Christ like I mean he's just he doesn't have anything to say but make sure that the people you talk with talk about proper things otherwise man you'll be more than PMP and I heard that this and I heard that that and I heard that that and I heard that this and you didn't know that that and you know that this is a gossip slander accusation man fault finding fault finding let it die and look at her she's pregnant she has come to the church and I know it's not the first time look at her stomach big one and she's not married shut up you are pointing your finger when you point your finger don't you know that the rest of the three are pointing back towards you man you have maybe you have not had the chance but if some of you had had the chance man it's not once it's not twice you would have given birth all over ghana all the regions You would have done. Learn to say no comment. I said, learn to say no comment. In, on CNN, I watched something. You know, one time I was trying to study diplomacy. So I was just looking at Clinton and all these people. I asked, how do they answer the questions? How do they do? And one of the common things you will see on the news is when they ask them certain questions, I cannot make any comment about this at this time. I have no comment to make at this time. I have no comment at this time. I have no comment at this time. When people approach you and say, join us as we gossip, say, I have no comment to make at this time. Tell somebody, tell the person, I have no comment to make at this time. Tell another person, I cannot make any comment about this. I hear that man of God has divorced his wife. What do you have to say about that? I didn't hear you. I have no comment to make at this time. I have no comment at this time. I cannot comment on this at this time. Simple. You know what Papa Hagen said? He said he went to a com- convention. And at the convention, there was a pastor who had committed a sin. And when he committed a sin, the general overseer came to speak about it and he blasted the man. Are you listening to me? Yes. And the next day they asked Papa Hagen, what does he think about it? And he said, oh, he was there, he heard it. And they said, what do you think about it? He said, oh, I agree. In fact, I agree with all the things that the man said. <laughs> he didn't say, I have no comment. He said, I agree. In fact, the words in the book are, I concur. Which means I agree. Or is that what it means? I concur means I agree. So he said he went to him. He said it was in the night. Pitch darkness. He said he turned, he switched off the light like that. When he switched off the light, a bright, after some time, a bright light came into the room. Remember when Paul fell by the way of Damascus? The Bible says a light shone all around. 
and the, he said the light was so bright he said i could see the table i could see the lamp i could see the bed i could see everything in the room clearly as daylight and then a voice came out of the darkness and said who art thou that judgest another man's servant because you see in the afternoon he has said he agrees fully with them he said who art thou that judgest another man's servant Jobut, who are, who are you who are you who are you to judge another man's servant the voice came out who are you he said that from that day he became afraid and he repented from that day till this he doesn't have anything to say about anybody <laughs> no comment to me that is why when all these scandals came in america you hear of other people say this and that and that and that papa hagen nothing no comment nothing nothing to say no comment no opinion nothing i'm just there doing my work become a no comment christian in jesus name i mean really no comment too there are some people who say these people anyway you they say we should say no comment so take it as no comment you have already condemned the person with your no comment lift your hand and say i have no comments to make at this time write it down in your book i have no comment to make at this time write it down remember it i have no comment i have no comment I ha- when the devil comes and say please permission to ride you i want to ride you say no you can't ride me i can i won't join i have no comments don't join i'm not joining betty i want you to write it in your bible only write it in your bible your notebook ah you've got a notebook or a diary I have no comment to make about your diary and your small Bible. Lift your hand and thank the Lord that you have a spirit of loyalty. Oh, yes. Stand to your feet as we close this morning. Hallelujah. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be a vessel you work through. I want to be more like you. Oh, Jesus. you this afternoon for your word speak to our hearts we give you the praise we give the glory in jesus name just place your hand on your chest father let there be a spirit of loyalty honesty from today like never before in the name of jesus christ amen and as every head is bowed every eye closed if you want to give your life to god to jesus today maybe somebody invited you to church but deep down in your heart you know you're far away from god you don't know christ as your savior pastor pray with me i don't want to go to hell i want to be born again i want to know jesus please help me this morning if you are here like that just lift up your right hand and i'm going to pray with you as we close today's service 
lift up your right hand anybody lift up your hand thank you I see your hand I see your hand I see your hand lift it up high God bless you God bless you God bless you at the back over there everywhere God bless you those who have lifted your hands I want you to come to me in front here and I'm going to pray with you come from the back come from the side come come all the way here you lifted up your hands there's room at the cross for you there's room there's room at the cross for you the millions have come the millions have come Yes, there's at the cross for you. Say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Today, I come to you. I humble myself just as I am. Please write my name in the book of life. From today, I accept Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. Please write my name in the book of life in Jesus name Amen God bless you for listening to this message visit daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages information on upcoming events and so much more make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every week and remember God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.